You're listening to the Fortress Church Audio Podcast. We're a church all about loving God and loving people. Let's listen in to our lead pastor, Randy Garcia, from this past Sunday's message. So open up your Bibles and tune in. Well, today we're going to get into part two of our sermon series filled with God's love. And uh, we are preparing for our 2018 spiritual emphasis. I'll give you some details in just a few moments. But today we're going to be reading from John chapter 15, verse 13. As we talk about the love of God, one of the things we learned last week is that how can we love God and love people if first we don't receive the love of God? So the more we are filled up with God's love or filled with God's love, the more we can give God love and the more we can give others love because after all, we are called to do focus on two things and that's love God and love people. So this is a part two. We've entitled this message, Greater Love Has No One. And this is based on this one scripture, one verse that's found in John chapter 15, verse 13 in scripture. It says this, Greater Love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. In fact, I would like all of us to read this together. Would you join me? Let's read it together. Here we go. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. John 15, 13. Let's do that one more time. Here we go. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. That's what we're talking about today, the love of Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, thank you for the privilege we have to be in your house. As we gather together, we do so in your name. Because at that name, oh, oh, there is forgiveness of sins. There is healing for our bodies. There is restoration for our souls. There's so much when we call upon the name of Jesus. We do so. Now that we get into the teaching of your word, we pray that you would enlighten both our minds and our hearts to receive what you have for us in the name of Jesus Amen. You may be seated. Well, before we get into the gist of today's message, got to tell you that this week is a very special week here at Fortress Church. Not only is it Holy Week, as you remember, of course, much of us know that this is Palm Sunday. What is Palm Sunday? It's a Sunday that we remember in Scripture where Jesus entered into Jerusalem on a colt or on a donkey, and the people began waving palm branches. And we refer to this as Palm Sunday. It's the beginning of Holy Week. And as we, we come together for, for worship today, I want to tell you we have a very special week here planned at Fortress Church. If you've been at Fortress Church for any length of time, uh, any number of years, you probably know that usually every September or every October, somewhere in the fall, we have what we call a spiritual emphasis. 21 days spiritual emphasis or 30 day spiritual emphasis, 40 day, however the Lord leads us. And we set aside some time for, uh, for the whole church to come together in devotionals. We, we set some time for prayer and extra prayer time and fasting. Uh, we do this every year. Well, this year we decided to spread it out through the entire year. We're going to take one week in March, one week in May, one week in August, and one week in October. And we're going to spread out the spiritual emphasis and just seek the Lord throughout the entire year. So week one of our 2018 spiritual emphasis is this week. It's Holy Week, and we're doing it in conjunction with Holy Week. Week one, our theme for the year is filled up. That's our spiritual emphasis theme, filled up. How can we love God and others and love others if we, uh, 
if we don't, if we're not filled up with God's love. So this week, we're talking about filled with God's love. We're going to talk about areas that God shows his love and pours out his love for us as we correlate it to Holy Week. And then in, in May, we're going to do a week two of our spiritual emphasis as it correlates to Pentecost Sunday, and we're going to be talking about filled with God's Spirit. Anybody want to be filled with God's Spirit? Amen? And, and once again, right now, we're talking about filled with God's love. And, and for example, I, um, a few weeks ago, wrote out five devotionals. This is what we call a Devo guide, devotional guide, and you can get it before you leave. It's absolutely free of charge. And on here, I wrote uh, one uh, devotional one, deals with Passover. How does God pour out his love for us in Passover? Devotional number two, Gethsemane. What kind of love can, from God can we see there? Uh, devotional number three is um, the cross. And of course, there's plenty of love that we see at the cross. Devotional number four is the torn curtain. What was the significance of the torn curtain? Devotional number five, the resurrection. Five devotionals that deal with filled with God's love. They're also available online at this website that you see on the screen, filledup.org. Somebody say filledup.org. There you go. And there you will find information about fasting, about prayer. And uh, we want all of us to be in the same. This is a very special week as we remember what Jesus Christ has done. But it's also a special week for us as we dedicate this year to the Lord in spiritual emphasis. And one of the things we're going to do besides fasting and praying and, and is we open, we're opening up the church every weekday, Monday through Friday, this week uh, for the spiritual emphasis from 6.30 to 8.30. Now, I'm going to be here from 6.30 to 8.30. If you want to come later on, that's fine. But we're going to be praying. We're going to be seeking God. You are more than welcome to join us any day. If you want to come for 10 minutes, if you come for 30 minutes, if you want to come for the two hours, that's perfectly fine. We're going to be seeking God. And how many know when we seek God, we're going to find God? You're welcome to join us this week. Uh, spiritual emphasis, love for you to be a part of that as we lead up into uh, what we're going to do this week. Once again, our Good Friday worship is going to be in the Children's Chapel this Friday at 7 p.m. We're going to do a little uh, abbreviated uh, Passover. It's called the Four Cups as we remember what Jesus Christ has done for us. I'm excited about that, all right? All right, today our topic is this, greater love is no one. We're talking about filled with God's love. Well, what is God's love all about? All about? Well, we just read from John 15, 13, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. I started thinking about, uh, thinking about love and, and said, well, uh, does the world we, that we live in, I was asking the question, uh, who really gets what true love is? is all about. Who really gets it? Because I've noticed that some people get it. In other words, this is what true love is. Other people don't. So I started thinking, okay, the movies that are out, uh, does Hollywood get it? And so guess what I did? I did a little Google search on the most popular love story movies of all time. And up came uh, things like The Notebook and Titanic and A Walk to Remember, You've Got Mail, uh, and uh, some of those I've seen, some of those I haven't seen. I heard some of you say amen to one of those. I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, but one of them caught my attention, and I haven't seen this, and forgive me if, if, if you're going to be mad at me after this. I haven't seen Pride and Prejudice, okay? And, uh, and some of you may have seen it. So I read the synopsis, and I started reading this, and it says this. In Georgian England, Mrs. Bennett raises her five daughters 
Jane, Elizabeth, Mary, Kitty, and Lydia with the purpose of getting married with a rich husband that can support the family. I stopped right there. What? Is this what love is all about? A, a, a mom just marrying off her kids to get rich? And I'm thinking, that's not love. There, there was an ulterior motive behind that. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Now, forgive me if those of you who like Pride and Prejudice, and I've never seen it. Um, do I need to see it? Okay, my wife says I need to see it, so. Okay, I guess we're going to have to see it, okay? But I just, I started reading that synopsis and said, I, you know, sometimes I don't think Hollywood gets what real love is all about. I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe you disagree with me and that. That's all right. You can disagree with me. You have a right to be wrong, okay? But then, no. I'm joking. Okay. But, um, uh, you know, I'm thinking, okay, does Hollywood get it? Then there's so many movies out talking about love that sometimes I've noticed that Hollywood substitutes a sex for love. And I'm thinking, that's not right, you know. And I don't think Hollywood gets it, what true love is all about, okay. Uh, I don't think Hollywood gets it. So I started thinking, okay, uh, does the culture we live in get it about love? You know, the culture has not been doing well lately. What I mean by that is you have people from different political parties at odds with each other. You know what I'm talking about. You have people with different skin colors at odds with each other, and it breaks my heart. Because we are children of the Most High God. And in heaven, we're going to be next to each other. It doesn't matter what language you speak, what color is your skin. We're going to be in heaven for eternity worshiping the Lord. But here on earth, there's been a lot of trouble with that lately. You know what I'm talking about. I don't even know if our culture gets it. Sometimes our culture is fighting. And I ran across this picture. Let me show it to you. Somebody's picketing, and it says this, all you need is love. And I'm thinking, is that are people protesting and picketing? Maybe all they... Is that what they're looking for is love? And I'm thinking, it's in Jesus. I don't know if our culture gets it. You know, so many people in our society today are, are being offended so easily. I'm offended because of this or offended because of that. So I'm going to pick up a sign and I'm going to protest and I'm going to pick it because I'm offended. A few months ago, someone was being interviewed on a <clears throat> news station. Why they asked, It was asked the question, why are you picketing? Why are you protesting? He said, because I have rights. I have rights and I'm going to use my rights. Uh, okay, okay. And we do have rights. How many of you know that we're blessed to be in the United States of America? We do have rights. But then when, after that, I started thinking about Jesus, and I started thinking about what he went through this holy week, how there was a, a crown of thorns on his head, how there was lashes on his back, and, and, and how he was thrust a spear in his side and nails in his hands and feet. Can I tell you something? Jesus had every right in the world to zap those soldiers dead and get off that cross. He had every right to call 10,000 angels from heaven to come and rescue him from this pain and suffering that he was enduring on the cross of Calvary and take him to the right hand of the Father. Jesus had every right to strike everybody dead that was torturing him but he chose not to. He chose not to. You know why? Because he loves us. He loved those soldiers who were persecuting him. He didn't protest. He didn't picket. He loved people. He loved God the Father, and he loved people. And to me, I see, I don't know if our culture gets it. So then I started thinking if our culture doesn't get it, because the culture says you got to look out for number one. Our culture says... You know, how you look is more important than your character. 
I'm starting to think, I don't know if our culture gets it. I started thinking about, okay, does music, the music that's on the radio today, does that get it? Now, praise God for some godly music, but can we be honest? There's a lot of ungodly music out there. And I'm an old guy, and and this old song came to my mind by Foreigner called, I Want to Know What Love Is. And I'm thinking, why are they asking this question? I guess these guys from Foreigner, they don't get it. They don't get love. They want to know what love is, you know? And I'm thinking, you know, I guess popular music doesn't get it. You know, why, does, why did Barbara Streisand sing The Way We Were? Well, I guess she, didn't, she doesn't have it any longer. I don't know. Or how about an old one by Frank Sinatra, Strangers in the Night? I'm thinking, if you're going to love somebody, are they going to be a stranger? I mean, help me out here. I have a feeling that even music doesn't get it, and I don't know any popular songs nowadays. I'm, I'm not into the, you know, how about one more? Roberta Flack, Killing Me Softly. Okay. And I'm thinking, those are popular songs. And I'm thinking, is this what love is about? I don't think a lot of the people in the music industry get, gets it either. <sighs> Hollywood doesn't get it. Our culture doesn't get it. Music doesn't really get it. And then I thought, I know you may be shocked at this, I don't think religion gets it either. You see, religion is all about us reaching up to God. Religion says you got to do this, you got to do that in order to earn your way to heaven. Religion teaches a salvation by works type of thing. You got to work your way to heaven. Now, some of you say, Wait, Pastor, you're, you're bashing religion because we're in church here. Yeah, I, we, we don't preach religion here. We're talking about a, we here at Fortress just talk about a personal relationship with the Son of God, Jesus Christ, okay? Amen. <clears throat> and the reason why that's important because some people do get caught up in religion. Well, if I do a certain thing, I'll earn God's favor. That's what a lot of these cults teach nowadays. If you do certain things and you will earn your way to heaven, this is called salvation by works. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches God's love. You see all across this Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, everywhere you read, it's all about God's love that he has for you. It's about a relationship that God wants to have with you. So I started thinking once again. Hollywood doesn't get it about true love. Our culture doesn't get it about true love. Our, you know, music doesn't get it. Religion doesn't get it. Then what is true love all about? It's about Jesus Christ. That's what true love is all about, a personal relationship with him. That's what drew me to John 15, 13. Greater love has no one than this, than he would give to lay down one's life for one's friends. Life lesson, the best way to find love is to find Jesus. Last week, I told you about a little feature we have, a fairly new feature we have on our webpage, fortresschurch.org, and there you can hear a number of stories. And by the way, if you have a story, a testimony of what God has done, we'd love to hear it. Just contact Pastor Matt, and we'll get it on our webpage. But one of those uh, stories, or there's some great stories in there, ties in exactly with what we're talking about today. And I want to air just a portion of it. It's a little bit too long to do the whole thing here. But just a portion of it. It's uh, by Amanda Gonzalez. And I want you to listen to a portion of her story. Listen to this. I am, have been, and always will be one thing for sure. And that's a sinner. 
but I'm not just any sinner either. I'm a sinner who found God's love when I thought I ran out of chances with him. Why would God love me? A doubter, a runner, a sinner, out of so many people, why me? I grew up in this very congregation. Many of you have seen me grow from a baby to who I am now, but many of you have not realized the journey I've been through to find how much love God has for me as well as for all of you. All I was ever known as was a good church girl and I decided that wasn't who I wanted to be anymore. Fast forward to the start of college. I found myself in a relationship with someone who I had tunnel vision with. Nothing about this relationship was good news. I was far from a great relationship with my family, my friends, and most importantly, I was running far and as fast as I could from a relationship with God. I felt my boyfriend had all the answers and all that I needed was him. I ran from God for a while. My parents urged me to get involved in a small group, but I completely disregarded everything they said because I thought I had everything I needed. It took a year into my relationship to find out how much I really did need God. Things had gone downhill. I was getting into constant trouble with my parents. It even got to the point where my parents found drugs in my car. This is the point that I knew something was really missing. And that something was God. But I also wasn't ready to give up my boyfriend. I tried to do both, but anytime I would bring up God or how I wanted to rebuild my relationship with him, my ideas would be completely shut down by my boyfriend. After months of begging, he finally agreed me to let me go to a small group. From the moment we opened the Bibles, I felt the Holy Spirit tugging me back in. Through small group and learning about God's unfailing love, I knew I wanted God to be my life. If someone loved me enough to give up his own perfect son just to save me, how could I not drop everything for him? I was majorly blessed and baptized in water May 3rd of 2017. There was still dead weight to me, and I knew exactly what, or really who, it was. Every second I was spending in prayer, I asked God to tell me what to do about my relationship, and if I wasn't listening to him, for him to hit me in the face with it so I couldn't ignore it any longer. I know for a fact I ignored signs time after time until God did exactly what I asked. He hit me in the face with my boyfriend's hand. We have no clue as to why God puts us through the things he does, but I believe God brought me out of this to come and share my whole story for the first time ever with all of you. That's just a portion of Amanda's story. You can hear all of it on our webpage, fortresschurch.org, but Amanda realized that the best relationship she can have in love is with the Lord, and everything falls into place after that. And so many people in our world today are looking for love. And um, can we come to the agreement that the place we really can find true love is in a relationship with the Lord? Most people would define love as an emotion, affection, passion, tenderness. The Bible also includes with love uh, talking about sacrificial commitment. Sacrificial commitment. Well, sometimes we don't always get it. Can we look to Jesus to be that example of, a, of what sacrificial love and commitment is all about? Heard a story about Bill and his wife. They were driving through the Rocky Mountains of Colorado when a near, and they had a near miss with a truck that was coming from the other direction, and it caused that that caused them to swerve, and they plunged into the Colorado River. After scrambling out of their sinking vehicle, they frantically treaded water in the swift current. A truck driver who had seen the accident ran along the shore and threw a rope to them. Bill swam behind his wife and pushed her 
to where she could grab the rope. And the man pulled her out. Bill, however, was carried downstream and didn't survive. See, he literally gave his life so that his wife could live. He gave his life for the woman who he loved. And and I think about that's kind of like what Jesus did. He gave his life so that you and I could live. Jesus died so that you and I can live, live eternally. Countless times I've um, unfortunately heard words from people saying, oh, my husband doesn't love me anymore, my wife doesn't love me, my, uh, my parents don't love me, you know, my boyfriend, whatever. I've heard it time and time again. They just don't love me, and it crushes their spirit because they don't feel the love. But I was thinking about it not too long ago, and I was thinking, I've never in my life, and I've talked to a lot of people, worked with a lot of people, and ministered to a lot of people, never in my life I've ever heard saying, oh, my husband shows me way too much love. (laughs) My wife shows me too much love. No, have you ever noticed you can't get enough, right? It's like, you know, keep keep it coming, keep it coming, keep that love coming. You know what I'm talking about. And, And it's an issue if we don't get it. But if we get too much, it's not an issue because we, we like it, right? So here's the bottom line. We need love, okay? And if we don't get it, it's, it, it's, it's tough. We, you know. So that's why this is so important for us to understand where true love, the origin of it comes from, and that's from God. Greater love has no one than this. So let's pay attention to this kind of love that God has for us. This week in our Digging Deeper notes, which... You are available at the Connection Hub. There's notes if you want for your personal study or for um, your connect group. It's four ways to love God. And it's according to the Old Testament Shema, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and all your strength. Talk about that. Four ways we can love God because it's clear that God loves us, but we need to love him back. So I started thinking as we were preparing for Holy Week, as we were preparing for week one of our 2018 spiritual emphasis, and, it's, and I want us to take a few minutes to think about this whole idea about uh, filled with God's love. So let's take a look at what Jesus went through that holy week. And I want you to think about his response. He was falsely accused, but yet he didn't retaliate. He was wrongfully tortured, but he didn't seek revenge. He was unfairly beaten, but he didn't strike back. He was unjustly flogged, but he didn't settle the score. Why? Started thinking about that. Why? Because after all, didn't he have any all the power in heaven and earth to zap those soldiers dead? Yeah, he did. Could he just kill everybody and get rid of anybody who was doing the mob? Yes, he could have done that. But why didn't he retaliate? Why didn't he strike back? Because he loved God the Father. And he loved the people. He didn't respond in in, in a retaliatory way because he loves you. Alicia Bruvort says this. Listen to this quote. The shape of true love is not a diamond. It is a cross. The shape of true love is not a diamond. It is a cross. 1 John 4.10 says, this is love, that we loved God, but not that he loved us, or, but that he loved us, and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And as I started thinking about all the things that Jesus went through, i got to be honest, I started think, thinking, God, 
I, I would be pretty angry if somebody put a crown of thorns on my head. If somebody whipped me 39 times on my back, I would be very angry if, they, if I had to go through anything close to the torture and the shame and the suffering that Jesus had to go through. And I started thinking, well, why isn't Jesus angry? Because how many of us get angry when somebody just talks behind our back? They say something. They stab us in the back. Why did they do that? Why did they say that? And we get all bent out of shape. What do we do? We get angry. Somebody pushes our buttons, and you know the buttons that you have that you don't like to be pushed. They push your buttons, and what happens? You get angry. Can we learn a little lesson from Jesus? How can we overcome anger? By loving God and loving people. Just as simple as that. Loving God, or let me put it to you this way, the key to overcoming anger is loving people. If you love somebody, then you know what? You're going to overcome anger. You, you may, in the flesh, you may sense that anger is rising up within you, but if you love that person, your love for them is going to supersede your anger toward them. Loving people helps you overcome anger. Just a thought. Perhaps... You know what it's like to deal with pain and abuse. Perhaps you've done things or you've had people do things to you that have been horrible. Perhaps you, you've, um, people have said things about you or even to you that are hurtful lies. Perhaps you know what it's like to deal with abuse, maybe physical abuse, maybe sexual abuse, maybe emotional abuse. You know what it's like. Jesus knows what it's like as well, and he overcame And so can you. That's why we have a ministry like Cleansing Stream that has helped so many individuals overcome issues in life. Because none of us are perfect. But through the power of God, we can overcome. Paul says this in Galatians 6.14, May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. In other words, I am crucified with Christ. Paul says, you know what, I'm putting to death all the junk, and and you know what, I'm going to respond in love to God and love to people because there's a purpose in it all. And you know what, we can say, I'm going to boast. Not, not, I'm an overcomer in the name of Jesus. No, we don't have to boast like that. Our boast, what does Paul say? We boast in the cross. We boast in the cross. Life lesson, I can't boast about my love for God because sometimes I fail him. But I can boast about God's love for me because he, his love never fails. A volunteer at Stanford Hospital tells this story. She was present when a little boy decided to give the ultimate sacrifice because he loved his little sister, Liza. You see, the volunteer says that this little girl, Liza, was dying of a rare disease and the only hope, the only chance for her to live was to receive a blood transfusion from her five-year-old brother, the little, they told the little boy, can, can we do a little blood transfusion because it may save your little sister's life. And the little boy said, yes. So they brought him in. They did the blood transfusion. And, um, and afterwards, after everything was done, maybe about a couple of hours later, one of the nurses went back into the room and asked the little boy, how are you doing? He said, yeah, I'm doing okay. But can you tell me uh, how soon will I die? You see, he misunderstood that whole process. He thought that once he gave his blood to his little sister, then he would die. 
And the cool thing about this is he was willing to die. He was willing to do that. Greater love is no one than this, and he who would lay down his life for his brother, his sister. But my friend, that's the kind of love that God has for you and I. This week I was looking at 1 John chapter 4, and and I just jotted down three characteristic traits about God's love. I'm going to give them to you real quickly. Three quick things. Now, probably there's dozens and dozens of words that would describe the love of God. Can I give you just three of them that are found in verses 9, 10, and 11 of 1 John 4? First of all, God's love is everlasting. Scripture here in verse 9 of 1 John says, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. Why did God send his son? So that you and I could have everlasting life. God's love is everlasting. Do I hear an amen to that? Number two, God's love is forgiving. A second characteristic trait of God's love, it is forgiving. It says in verse 10, this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So why Did God send his son so that our sins could be atoned for? In other words, so that our sins could be forgiven. My friend, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, your sins can be forgiven if you come before God and repent. It's as simple as that. Say, Lord, I'm sorry. I've done wrong, and I won't go down that road any longer. Repentance is so important, and we get that because of God's love. It is forgiving. And number three, God's love is inviting. He invites you. It says in verse 11, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. God says, that same love, my son, that same love, my daughter, that I'm pouring out to you, now it's time to pour that love out back to me and back to others. It's all about loving God and loving people. Are you getting the picture? We must be filled with God's love. And God says, okay, why am I filling you with your love, with my love? Because he wants you to pour out that same kind of God inspired love to other people. God's love is everlasting. God's love is forgiving. God's love is inviting. He invites you. Today, he's inviting you to a personal relationship with his son, Jesus Christ. Some of you have thought, does anybody in this world love me? Things have not gone the way I wanted them to go. Does anybody love me? I want you to know, There's no greater love. Greater love is no one than this, than what God has shown to you and through Jesus Christ. We're going to take some time here at these altars. We're going to take some time to respond to the word of God. We're going to focus on four four things in our prayer time. Here's our four prayer points. Number one, pray that when you are wrong, God will give you the ability to respond in love. Number two, pray that God will remove any obstacles that are keeping you from freely loving him. Number three, pray that your love for people will drive away any anger you may have. And number four, pray that because of what Christ did on the cross, you can overcome any issue that you have to deal with. Would you bow your heads just for a moment right now? Father, would you speak to us? Spirit of God, would you speak to us even right now? I ask first and foremost, is Jesus Christ Lord of your life? Do you have that kind of close relationship with the Father that you know that uh, 
you're not alone. If for some reason you don't have that relationship, today is your day. Today is the day that you can say, Lord God, I want to accept you. I want to live for you. I want to serve you from this day forward. If that's you, would you simply raise your hand? We're not going to embarrass you. We want to encourage you. Amen. We want to encourage you that, that, that your life is centered around who Jesus is. He is your Lord and Savior. Anyone else here today, you know, lift up your hand and say, you know, I, I want to make sure Jesus is Lord of my life. I want to live that eternal life that the Bible talks about. Others of you, life has been difficult and you just need your Heavenly Father to come and just pick you up and take you where you need to be. Has life been difficult? We want to pray with you as well. Maybe you just want to acknowledge and say, you know what, uh, maybe we talked a little bit about anger today. Maybe something is angering you, something going on. Maybe it's a person. Maybe it's a situation. And if you are angry, what is the solution that we can love people?